T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now joining us on the Circus Sports Illinois hotline is Bruce Levine. Download the Circus Sports app today. Out in Arizona, on the scene. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? Good morning, uh, David. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great day here. Beautiful sunshine, baseball, both on the south and north side places here as we uh, travel up and back between Mesa and Glendale. Where do you want to start today? Well, I want to start today where you were yesterday, which I imagine was right there when Pedro Grafol was speaking, and in Glendale, Arizona, at Camelback Ranch. First day of Sox camp, Chris Getz spoke on Monday, Pedro Gafol on Tuesday. Bruce, he wants us to believe that the Sox will find strength in their pitching. I'm trying to find reasons to believe in their pitching. I'm trying to figure out who these pitchers are. Is that going to be the strength of this team? Well, look, uh, it's a really a fair question, David, but um, what we saw pitching-wise from the White Sox last year was horrendous. Okay. Okay. Uh, even uh, Dylan Cease, who uh, may or may not be the starting pitcher for the Chicago White Sox this year or s- starting somewhere else, uh, had had a horrible year for him. And, and that, is, that included almost 190 innings and 200-plus strikeouts, sixth in the league. But everybody else was, was just horrendous. I mean, uh, the, the best pitcher for the White Sox last year was Mike Clevenger. He's no longer with the White Sox. So with, with that said, I, I think – I think the arrow is pointing up. I, I don't know how many games up it is from 61 wins last year, but you're going to, you're going to see a team play better defense. You're going to see a better attitude out there. You're going to be a better product to watch as to how many wins that that's anybody's guess, David. UNS Bo interviewed Paul DeYoung on Saturday's inside the clubhouse. And it was a good interview, Bruce. What was your biggest takeaway from the White Sox shortstop? <laughs> Well, just uh, just the, the the way that he looks at it, you know, the type of player that they brought in, like the young, who's a who's a team player from a great organization, St. Louis, and you know, great training and and team perspective. It's it's sad to talk about about major league players and reflecting back on a team that didn't play together, that weren't good teammates to each other all the time, uh, that were anything but watchable. Uh, it was just probably the most horrendous year in White Sox baseball since 1970 when they lost 106 games. Uh, That was more projected back then, uh, being a bad franchise at that time. This was not projected or or thought of. So wiping the slate clean is not going to be easy for Sox fans until they see it on the field. This year, the White Sox, you know, saying by, by White Sox fans is, we're from Missouri. 
That's the show me state. Show me that you're worthy of us watching you this year. I get that. I get that mentality. I totally understand and respect that, Bruce. I was curious what you thought of Pedro Grafol's demeanor yesterday. I think we have come used to him being a very positive guy, a lot of positive energy, even when things are looking uh, as bleak as they were most of last season. He was, I don't want to say, he was borderline defiant, it sounded like at times yesterday, Bruce, reminding people that he had earned the right to be a major league manager and, uh, I wondered where that was coming from. Well, if you go to our website, you'll see a, a different type of story. The one I wrote uh, saying that uh, Grafal needs to prove to White Sox fans that they're worthy. Okay? Mm-hmm. He and the players. So th- th- that's a different perspective. I was in the same interview. It's always interesting when you have writers writing different things that they see. Uh, from an interview, taking what they took out of it. I took out of it a guy that is still believes in that he deserves to be the manager mm-hmm. in the major leagues, but also understands that he has to prove it, okay? The proof last year was I can take over a team that's supposed to go to the playoffs, even though I've never managed in the big leagues, and, and do the job. That wasn't done. And this year it's I can take a young team – uh, and help build it to a point where it needs to, it needs to be in order to compete every day and win. So two different jobs, the same manager. We're going to see the type of baseball man he is this year with this team. But I think it's been very difficult for him. And if you put yourself in the same position, I think you'd understand it. The idea that you come in, you have a veteran team, they quit on you, you have to get rid of those veterans, and then you have to pick up the pieces. That's where Grafal is at uh, going into this season with probably 20 new players on his roster. I don't think it's fair to compare Pedro Grafal and Craig Council, but I'm only doing so for the sake of the argument and because of proximity. Craig Council's strengths are easy to cite. He's had experience in Milwaukee. We know that he probably is the smartest guy in the room when he's in it in terms of from a baseball perspective. Pedro Grafal's strengths, I'm curious what you think they are or will, will will be in this second season. I think they were hard to find last year, Bruce. Everything seemed to fall apart, and it's very difficult to evaluate exactly what you have or what he is as a manager. You are out there as much as anybody. What do you think Pedro Grafal's strengths are? I, I think they're communication. Okay, good communication. And as he said yesterday, hopefully for the first time, he'll have a team out there that plays Pedro Grafal type baseball. What is that? Well, that's probably the same as any of the 30, 29 other managers want. And that is a team that goes out there, gives you everything it has, plays good defense, runs the bases well, hits in the situations, and is selfless when it comes to his teammates and the team. He had none of that last year. Now, is some of that his fault? I mean, certainly you're the manager of the team, so it falls upon you. It falls at your feet to be able to be responsible for it. He accepted that up to a certain point, and then at, at another point, uh, the front office had to do something about it, and they got rid of players who were not performing up to that level, who were not doing what they uh, had done in the past, who were pointing fingers everywhere but them. But at themselves in that clubhouse. 
So you had a you had a room full of clubhouse lawyers that had to be traded. Again, analyzing Grafal as a manager, David, I think you have to start over and fresh from day one in 2024. Uh, give him a mulligan, not a Mike Mulligan, but a regular mulligan on the golf course and say, let's go. Let's see what you're all about. Let's see what your team's all about. So I'm looking forward to that. But the defiant part of him that other people wrote about uh, today is is real because he is a strong-minded baseball man who has great belief in himself. Uh, he just doesn't have the resume from last year to back it up, and that's why fair questions like yours are being asked. One more Sox thing before we move over to the Cubs and what's ahead today in Mesa. Bruce, wanted your reaction to Yasmani Grandal, how the mighty have fallen, signing a one-year, $2.5 million contract with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And why is Tim Anderson still unsigned? Well, let's say, let's answer Grafal, uh, Grandal first. Uh, they have a young catcher. They're breaking in there. He's a very good young catcher, coming back from a little bit of an injury last year. He's, uh, Grandal is going to be a backup catcher there. Uh, if, if he catches 50 or 60 games, uh, if they use him as a DH uh, against uh, right-handed pitchers, if he can regain some of the strength in those badly uh, beaten up legs and knees, uh, they figure it's worth a couple million dollars. Certainly uh, one of the worst contracts in Chicago White Sox history without question. Uh, I, I don't think you can, you have to walk very far away from that to say it was awful. But uh, that's that's why you have Grafal over there. But you know, it's a significantly different contract on a one-year deal there. As far as Anderson goes, you know, I've been asking a lot of baseball people why, and they said Anderson's going to end up with somebody soon here if he's patient, and he's had to be. I mean, it's already February 14th. But nobody looks at him as an everyday shortstop, and they wonder what type of second baseman he's going to be. Uh, he, he just doesn't, he doesn't fit right now for teams. As injuries occur to other teams and other infielders, I think Anderson's value will continue to go up if he's patient and he waits for the right situation. Uh, you know, teams that were looking at him, uh, like like the Marlins, uh, like the Dodgers at one point, you know, they seem to have moved on from that. But again, uh, keep your eye on injuries. Keep your eye on Anderson going to a team and, and being some middle infield help. But nobody, David, nobody seems to know who he is and how he fits in right now. You were in Glendale yesterday, Bruce, I assume? Yeah. yeah. You didn't park in Tony's spot, did you? I did not, but he certainly does have a spot with his name on it with the other executives of the Chicago White Sox, and I was going to take a picture of it just for you. Thank you very and, much. And, and tweet it out. I, thanks, But, um, but um, you know, that's still, like you, it sticks in the craw of a lot of <laughs> people who watch the White Sox and go, won't this guy ever go away, right? I mean, exactly. isn't, isn't that what, isn't that what you, you're probably saying? You know, yes. Please I, go away. Please. And he's not going away. I, I asked Grafal about Tony. He said his experience is great with him. He's, he, has, he feels great that he can rely on him as part of the advisory group. And, uh, you know, so Tony is still there. Uh, I'm looking around to see if uh, anybody else from uh, back in the day is going to be around to annoy you and other people if you see harold baines lingering let me know all right okay we'll do Dave. pitchers and catchers report today across major league baseball for the latest cubs and Sox news try listening to 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Chapters from our show. Different specific chapters. Each topic we cover broken out so you can find what matters most to you. To get started, download the Odyssey app, then search 670 to score and tap on a recent episode of the Mullane and Haw Show or inside the clubhouse if you want to see Saturday's great interviews with Michael Bush and Paul DeYoung with Bruce and Espo. Bruce, looking forward to rejoining you on Saturday. We'll be talking about the Cubs, I'm sure. So today, I imagine you're going to be in Mesa. Craig Council, Jed Hoyer will meet the media. Inevitably, they will address the Cody Bellinger dilemma. And yeah, it's February 14th, so it's a dilemma headed toward crisis. Where are you with this? Well, you know, again, it's uh, are you... The questions that I'm going to have for for them today is, are you prepared for Pete Crow Armstrong to be starting in center field and Michael Bush playing first base? In other words, how many bats is it okay for them to have to prove that they're ready to play in the major leagues? You know, we saw, you know, we saw an experiment at first base last year that didn't work out. Okay, uh, what what is your backup plan? Is Bellinger at 25 million, 27 million times? five or six years, the, you know, the savior for this team at both positions in case those things don't work out. As we start today, you're probably going to hear counsel saying, hey, uh, I can only go with the people we have here. And right now, those two will be the leading candidates to win jobs for the Cubs. And, uh, you know, I get it. Uh, is Pete Crow Armstrong, David, in your mind, uh, any lesser player uh, from September 1st last year, until the end of the year when he went 0 for 14 with his brief time at the major league? Yes. I, I have to be honest. Yes, I have more doubts than I did on August 31st. I, I yeah. do. I mean, because I saw him go up to the plate and not get a hit 14 times. So I have more doubts, yes. This is where I drag out the Ryan, Ryan Sandberg 1 for 30 start and the Robin Ventura 4 for 41. If you could at the guarantee of me the PCA is going to be either one of those guys and have those kind of careers, I'd say, you know what, I'm being foolish. But right now, to me, it's like, okay, uh, the, the, Felix PA, uh, go, go through the list of Cub prospects that have fizzled. I just don't want that to be this guy because this guy is so much fun to watch. 
Yeah, no, I understand. Corey Patterson. Yeah. Okay. It's a long list, Bruce. Uh, for, for a br- wow. brief period of time. But, you know, the reality is, isn't that the fun of baseball? <laughs> you know, they have these top prospects, and you wonder, are they the next great player? Are they a next good player? Are they a, a washout? You know, is it Gary Scott all over again? Oh, God, I remember the Chicago him. Cubs. <laughs> I mean, uh, again, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. And, and there is that Chicago anxiety, isn't there, David? Yeah. About... Well, what can go wrong will go wrong. Is that still there, even though both teams have won world championships in, in recent times? I don't think it ever goes away. It's inherent. It's almost like a reflex, is that when you hear a prospect, you want to believe the best, but you inherently fear the worst. Yeah, I, 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 but it, it, it's, a, it's a Chicago thing. I don't, I don't hear it and see it that much. You know, when I talk to New York people or Los Angeles people, it just it doesn't seem there. It's just... Well, the New you York know, people won't let you finish your sentences, so you don't ever have to get it out. And then just like now, yeah. <laughs> you, can work, you can work there. <laughs> Come on, Bruce! I let you finish there. I let you finish your sentences most of the time. With David, David, we'll, we'll we'll be able to continue this on Saturday okay. morning from uh, from nine until eleven. I'm looking forward to working all baseball season with you again. Absolutely, me too. A couple quick Cub things before we let you go. Who's the fifth starter right now in your mind? For the Chicago Cubs, you know, is it, is it Wisniewski? Is it, um, you know, is, is there a, another surprise out there? I don't, I don't know. I imagine you're speaking for the Cubs because the White Sox is all over the place. Pedro said yesterday we have 14 to 15 guys getting stretched out. That's that's always that's always something fans dread to hear that we don't know who the uh, all the starters are going to be. With the Cubs, you know, it it could be him. Uh, it, it could be Ben Brown making the team out of spring training. It could be you know, down the road. They're certainly c- counting on Kate Horton to be in the mix as a starting pitcher by the middle of the year. I think they, they want him to have more seasoning. But uh, I, I think Brown is somebody that everybody should uh, take a real strong look at and say, this kid could make it out of spring training. And, Bruce, you seem very sure that when you refer to Michael Bush, you refer to him as a first baseman. He has experience at both corners and the Cubs still have needs at both positions. Are you anticipating Michael Bush to be the opening day first baseman? I am. But, but again, you know, everything falls back on is Bellinger still the option out Mm -hmm. there, you know, and and does he play first or does he play center? And if he plays first or center, where is Bush as you're just suggesting? And where is Pete Crow Armstrong? Is he the starting center fielder at Iowa to begin the season? So those those things are uh, certainly interesting. I think the one thing, if you're a Cub fan, keep your eye on left-handed hitting. Okay, so Armstrong, okay, Bush, Bellinger hopefully coming back. Uh, th- those things are, are key for the middle of the lineup. They, they, they are void of middle uh, of the order left-handed hitting uh, pop, and you got to have it if you're going to win. And, and that's the one thing where Bellinger brings so many different things to the table but most importantly, a big left-handed bat, bat in the middle of the order. And when we saw it displayed beautifully for a long time from July until the end of the year last year when he had 68 RBI, the most in baseball from the All-Star game on. So I think the Cubs want Bellinger back as much as the fans do. They just have to play a different game of poker with Scott Boris, and they've been doing that all winter. Quickly, got to ask you before we let you go, the Giants signed Jorge Soler, three years, 
$42 million for a Cub lineup that lacks punch and pop and home run power. Were they ever in on it? Should they have been? And how does that affect no. the Cubs? No. I mean, he's a one-dimensional player. They have to figure out Christopher Morrell, okay? They already have a guy that can hit 35 home runs. He, it is Christopher Morrell. They have to figure out if he's a DH or a position player. Every time you and I talk to uh, executives on the Cubs, they say, well, yeah, he can play everywhere. Well, he might be able to play everywhere, but he hasn't proved he can play everywhere. He's not that defensive player yet. Uh, again, why isn't he the third baseman every day? Why, why, why doesn't he have that one position? So I think they have to keep the DH position open and uh, by tying it up with Soler, who cannot really play. He can play a little bit, but certainly not defensively what you want out there on a daily basis for a team that is priding itself on winning and building through defense as well. well. Cr- crazy question along those lines. Has the Cub- have the Cubs ever talked to Tim Anderson? No, I, I don't think so. No, no fit he there? Does, no? He doesn't fit. Uh, I mean, he's a, he's a below-average shortstop. He's an unproven second baseman. He's a guy that's probably going to hit again, probably 290 to 300, with no, uh, with no pop, with his leg issues. You know, you don't know it's, if he's going to be stealing bases uh, again. A year ago he, this he, time we're talking about how Tim Madison was such a great credit to America because he was sacrificing to play second base, and look what a good job he was doing. Yeah. Team USA. Was there a question, USA. There a question there? No, there's not, Bruce. <laughs> my dime, my dance floor. We'll, you got it. We'll talk to you Saturday. David, have a great day. Thanks. Thanks, Bruce. Out in Arizona, Bruce Levine, score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.